Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me as we begin? Bless, O Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. I have a confession to make. I really, and I mean really, struggled when we began to create the Stony Brook services by video. All of that recording until now has been on our cell phones. Now, honestly, I have enjoyed being technologically impaired for years and would have really loved keeping it that way. I had made a commitment years ago to avoid Facebook and never would contemplate Twitter. It's all foreign language to me. I don't like it, I'm not good at it, and I'm incredibly uncomfortable with it. The first time I recorded from home, thank God Jennifer was preaching. And I only had eight minutes that I had to do. So I set up, put my little phone in the tripod and plug in the speaker, and hit record. It was going pretty smoothly until Shelby, our pup, decided to play with a squeaky toy. Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. She's running through the house, squeaking. Start again. Get a couple of minutes in, and the phone rings. Then I turn the ringer off. I start over get all the way through, check the video feed, and somehow I had managed to hit slow-mo. And I did that twice. Start over. I get through all of it, seems good, check it, and it only lasts for three minutes. Apparently, a FaceTime call had kicked the recording off. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to record eight. It's been a tough transition for this old gal. I'm sure each of you have had your struggles as well. COVID has begged the question for all of us in some way, what do we do now? That had to have been the question on the disciples' mind as they are beginning this conversation in our scripture today. The crucifixion and resurrection had been mind-boggling enough But there's this reassurance found in verse 3 that says, After his suffering, Jesus presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them for 40 days and speaking about the kingdom. But their anxiety is still showing. 
The disciples begin their conversation on this day with Jesus by asking the same old questions, steeped in the same old expectations. Lord, is this the time when you'll restore the kingdom of Israel? In other words, when are you going to fix things? They are still stuck thinking that somehow Jesus' reign is political or national and will restore their heritage as they've understood it. A whole ministry in the company of Jesus has not pried them from their old expectations. So Jesus responds by saying that there are just some things you're not meant to know. Imagine for a moment how anxious and afraid the disciples must have been. Stuck between the anxiety of being called into a purpose and not knowing what the plan was. It is with absolute grace and patience that Jesus redirects them once again to the real promise. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And get this, you'll share the power of the kingdom. Whoa, now what did that mean? Well, it means that the reign of God is coming into the world and it's going to come on their shoulders through the works of their hands and by the path of their feet. Can you just imagine their faces? You mean who us? And with this, Jesus is taken up into heaven in a cloud. The disciples appear to stand there, mouths the jar, looking up into the heavens, trying to figure out what has just happened and what this means. They're stunned. Two men dressed in white robes, implying that they might be angels or somehow messengers from God, show up and say, what are you looking for? Jesus will be back in the same way that he left. And there they stand. What do we do now? It's fascinating to me that the disciples have just witnessed this amazing event and to watch their response. They leave the Mount of Olives and return to Jerusalem. And the scriptures say that they wait. They wait. Have you picked up on the reality that we as human beings don't wait well and we probably never have? We are the inventors of fast food, instant coffee, which is a sin, by the way. On-demand TV, to-go cups, and same-day delivery. We really believe yesterday would have been better, and that would have served us well. Right now, we can't even agree on how we're to wait. 
Retail chains from CVS to big box stores like Costco are being forced to decide whether or how to enforce rules on mask wearing in the stores. In fact, this month, a security guard was killed in Flint, Michigan, following a face mask dispute with a customer. And a Costco employee's arm was broken for the same reason. Last Sunday, in a group protesting the lockdown, there was a sign that read, Hang Fauci, hang gates, open up all our states. There's a lot of pain for words to be written in that language. Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities may say it best. It was the best of times. You've seen it in folk. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. What do we do now? Well, the disciples went back to Jerusalem and they waited. Why? This is critical. Jesus has told them that the reign of God would be coming into the world, riding on their shoulders through the works of their hands and the direction of their feet. So, oh my goodness, they've got to go back to the upper room and wait there for the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is no ordinary passing of time, my friends. There are no computer games for them to wait with. They wait by doing two very important things. The scripture says they stayed together and they prayed constantly. What we know as people of faith is that how we wait makes all the difference. Our scripture says, first and foremost, that they stayed together. The disciples seemed to take Jesus at his word. And back in that upper room, they wait for the Holy Spirit, believing that God has a purpose for them and that they will be empowered to fulfill it. They've got to get over being calculators about his return and get on with becoming witnesses to the world. John Holbert says it this way, it is far safer, far less demanding to be a speculator than a witness. Speculators write books of calculations, hold seminars that attract thousands, rake in untold piles of loot while prognosticating a certain time for Jesus' return. Witnesses, on the other hand, just witness to the truth of the gospel. 
to the truth of justice for the whole world, the love of enemies, the care for the marginalized and the outcast. Acts 1 makes it so clear. The world needs far few speculators and far more witnesses. What do we do now? While we wait, we witness, my friends, with our lives. A friend sent me a couple about a young, excuse me, a friend sent me an article about a young couple who had planned their wedding to be held on April 25th. It's going to be 130 people down in Washington, D.C., and that's, of course, when COVID broke out in March. It clearly became a matter of choice. Postpone or radically change their plans. So their new venue became their home in Arlington Forest. And at the end of March, they biked into the Arlington Courthouse to pick up one of the last marriage licenses issued before the courthouse shut down. Their next-door neighbor petitioned rapidly to provide them with a one-time rush authorization to perform their ceremony. A next-door neighbor decided she could make her bouquet out of the flowers from her garden. Another neighbor promised they would come and do all of the photography for them. And John's closest friend, her to-be husband, his friend would serve as the reader at the ceremony. On the day of the wedding, there were about 20 folks who drove up in their cars with signs and chalk for the kids to draw messages on the driveway. And they set up a live stream so that friends and family from all over the country and the world, including Germany, China, and Croatia, could watch for their homes and post messages in real time. 130 virtual guests and 20 live ones. Her mother and father walked her down the aisle from California by using FaceTime. It wasn't perfect, but it was real and it was dear. The bride was quoted as saying this, while canceling our original well-planned wedding initially felt like a nightmare, it turned out to be a blessing that we never could have anticipated by discarding all of the material aspects of the wedding that we had been concerned about previously, cocktail napkins, decor, hotel arrangements, transportation, we were free to focus entirely on what was important. Staying healthy, keeping our family and friends healthy, and officially joining our lives together on our very front steps where our lives would be built. What we had planned would have been beautiful. 
but we stopped and recognized that getting married in the place where we are building our lives, surrounded by community and friends, held more meaning than we could have predicted. Every morning they step out the door onto the very spot where they started their lives together. And maybe on their anniversary, everyone else can join them and that will be special too. But they recognized that they could become a witness it could be on their shoulders, in their hands, on their path, and grace happened. This may be the most difficult time in our lives together. And how we do this together, how we wait, matters. The disciples had to learn that. And so do we. And then the scripture says they prayed. There in that upper room, it's estimated that there could have been 120 of Jesus' devoted followers, his mother and his brothers, there to pray. Now, we're not told for what they were praying. But I suspect they weren't praying all the same ways, with the same words, with the same hopes, with the same fears or questions. Thanks be to God, neither do we. It may well have included the prayer that the kingdom of God would come on earth just as it is in heaven, as Jesus had taught them. It could have been prayed a prayer by those wanting to be faithful when their practice had just been a bit too sketchy in the past. When Robert Louis Stevenson was a boy, he once remarked to his mother, Mama, you can't be a good person without praying. And she said, how do you know that, Robert? And he said, because I've tried. Some may have prayed for patience in this difficult and confusing time. One little guy was heard to say, I've been thinking about what I did, and so I said a prayer. His mom said, that's fine. If you ask God to make you good, he'll help you. And he said, oh, mom, I didn't ask him to help me be good. I asked him to help you put up with me. I dare say some of us are saying that prayer for our own family and friends. Some may have been praying for courage to face the dangers that surround them, the loneliness that dwells within them. I don't know. But what I do know is that God can pick sense out of a confused prayer and an unpredictable prayer. The disciples stayed together, they waited together, and they prayed together. Friends, I don't know why we aren't given to know the knowledge of time or outcome. As much as anyone else, I would love to know when life is going to get back to normal 
when our vulnerable loved ones will be safe, when we can hold each other again. What I do know is that Jesus declared that the power of God would be in our hearts, our hands, and our feet in this journey. We aren't given to know the timing of God, so Stony Brook Church waits in its upper room. We wait together, praying without ceasing for God's guidance and wisdom and patience and courage and insight and help. We are promised that the advocate will come, that the Holy Spirit will be present among us. Until, until then, our work is clear. Let's stay deeply in love with God, even in these anxious times. Let's stay deeply in love with each other, Let's serve the world because together, when we pray, that's when real power comes together. And that's what real power looks like. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we are yours. And thanks be to God, you are ours. We would give up our anxious striving for a moment and rest in you. Confident in your presence, together in our mission, praying without ceasing and watching for the wisdom, for the power of your spirit's movement among us. Make it so, O oh Lord. Make it so. Amen.